0: Welcome to episode 36 of the Flames Fancast. First and foremost, my apologies for not posting episode 35 to Twitter. I just forgot it was really bad of me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Prices right, fail horn. It was a Troy Brower moment, but we all have those. Secondly, hopefully, this should be uh, the podcast where the audio is sounding the best we've ever got it because Jenk here has tinkered and tweaked with it and... Moved our receiver away from computers so they don't get feedback. So this should be as good as it gets. So hopefully you really enjoy this one and it sounds great.
1: I spent great. like an hour figuring this shit out. So I hope that it works. Yeah. And
0: I mean, anytime you get to hear my voice in stereo, <coughs> it's almost heavenly.
1: So yeah, something like that, it's right? Consistent feedback we get all the time. <laughs> I want to hear Tyler's voice more. He sounds like heaven. <laughs> It's like the first time I heard the Beatles hearing Tyler's voice. Anyway. There's a song and it like feels like heaven. Like the
0: cure, you know? That's Okay, that's, that's, that's a good like.
1: song. That's going at the end of this one. There you go. I like it.
0: No blink waiting to you, but the cure. No. We, we cure. already solved the conundrum for the end of the episode. But the flames. Mm-hmm. Last night, Washington four three in regulation. Didn't get the overtime win, but I have to admit I wasn't able to watch the game, but I want to ask you, Jenk, from what I was listening on the radio coming home, Mike Smith culpable or a hard victim in a, in a in a close game?
1: This Mike Smith thing is getting kind of interesting, so i was I was on Twitter quite often during that game just to see people's responses to you know basically the goals that we were letting in now. You know, I'm not going to be a popular guy by saying this, but he wasn't really at fault for, I'd I'd say, most of those. Um, You know, the first goal that Washington scored, I mean, yeah, he he kind of followed the puck in the corner and, and he did his usual thing. He tried to make that pass and then it kind of just all went downhill from there. But in general, it's almost like everybody's coming to a point where it's like, it's just time to blame him. It doesn't matter. Everybody doesn't like him now. So we'll just find him culpable for anything, even if he's not culpable for it. And uh, so basically, the goals weren't his fault. By and large, I don't think it totally was. Uh, I mean, so Matthew Kachuk turned over the puck in our own zone. uh, And it was just a harmless shot on Smith. It went far side. Like he should have saved that. But in fairness, what was Maddie doing giving the puck away in our zone deep like that? You know, that it, it's, it's coming to a point where it's like nobody's even like acknowledging what happens before the play. So if one of our players, you know, turns it over and it's a goal against Smith, then everyone's like, oh, Smith, fuck, come on, man. And then all of a sudden, imagine Riddick's in net and it's the same play, say Brody gives it away. And then, you know, he lets in a softie and it's like, well, fuck Brody, the fuck, come on, you know, and so... I'm gonna try to be a lot more fair to Smith. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of his for sure, but he's still a flame. There were no.
0: There were no. There were no howlers. No obvious howlers. Not
1: really. I mean, the goal that they scored. You just gotta play better in front of him, right? Yeah, like the goal that they the 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 game winner goal was a hell of a shot. Again, it's short side, but you know, I'm saying short side because it's it's Smith. But that was a crazy good shot. I don't think Riddick would have saved that either. Um. Sorry, I, I dived into it a lot, but I just felt like we need to say something about this like Smith is just getting it's just auto automatically blamed, and I don't think that's right. You I know, heard he's still a flame
0: a lot too about people just speculating about his future, that perhaps we're starting Smith to showcase him, that it wasn't necessarily a big show of faith, but perhaps getting him market ready to see what he can do for potential suitors. I mean, if we're not making a huge move for a goalie on deadline day, uh, we're not trading Smith because I believe the organization is going to look at our goaltending tandem and say, I've got a lot of experience here and I've got a young guy who's got a pretty hot hand right now. I'm going to go into the playoffs with that, right? And especially looking at a rental player like Bravosky, you're paying a lot for that, not necessarily a guaranteed return. I think if we're going to dabble in the rental market on the high end, it's going to be a forward. Um, not a goalie, and I don't think that Bobrovsky will be coming our way anytime soon. Especially with that trade coming out of Florida, where they're basically saying we're clearing cap space to get Bobrovsky and make a run at Panarin too. But too many, too many wheels in motion outside of our control to say, "Oh, we're playing Mike Smith to showcase him to for potential trade." I don't think that's it. I just think we we want our our goalies firing. And we want to get them going. And I think this was a way to show a bit of confidence in Smith. Well, Riddick is probably already playing on a confident high.
1: Just my take. I mean, but don't you think it's a little ironic that this, it's probably, it's more than likely that it's the same fans speculating that we're playing Smith just to deal him. But yet these very no fans are one, the ones saying... When have saying, you
0: ever heard...
1: We're going to start this
0: guy to showcase his talent. Like, if you don't know what Mike Smith can do for you at, at 35 years of age, then playing him for a month in February isn't going to make a no, difference.
1: No, like, but that's what I'm trying to get at. It's a stupid comment.
0: And especially, no GM is going to put the blinders on to the entire season and look at a, a three games in February where he's had you know lights-out performance. It's just, it's just not going to happen.
1: Make, making claims like that is essentially calling every single GM a complete idiot because well, all I these mean, gms uh, no 30 but, out of the 31 gms sure, one just got gone fired now. yeah he's he, gone he now. was a complete idiot uh but let me let me finish my thought here because it's it's really important to see like what the bias is doing to our to some people who are claiming these things so you have the same fans who are sitting there saying or sorry uh, smith can do no right even if he makes a crazy save it's like well fuck it's about time type thing and now they're saying We're playing him to showcase him. Well, if he can do no right, why would you even play him? Why do you even think that that's a logical thing to do? And on top of that, every single GM in the NHL, bar one, but he's gone now. Every single GM in the NHL knows the game, knows the players. They know this stuff inside and out. And you really think that Mike Smith is like going under the radar, that some GM's going to watch four games, like to your point, like a month's worth of games and all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, you know his contract's ending, but you know what? I'll I'll fucking give you guys all kinds of assets for this guy. I don't like, think that no, you no. Know, so, you know, I I just look at the sixteen teams or
0: the teams that are going to make the playoffs, and who who wants Mike Smith?
1: Nobody. It's it just N- none of them do. Like if you've if you're not under a rock all season, like there's no like possible way that you can convince the GM to take this I mean, guy. What what teams would you really consider are,
0: are that are on the cusp of making the playoffs? that have a, a want for a goaltender. Edmonton maybe, but they just signed Koskinen and they, they'd have to put Talbot on yeah, waivers. There's, there's no chance. They're pushing for it. They're not going to go for Smith. Vancouver's not. Um, Colorado's not. Minnesota's not. Yeah. Dallas is not. New York Islanders are not. Montreal is not. No yeah. one is going to trade for Mike Smith. A good no point. one.
1: And, but in fairness, too, we need a backup that, we can actually confidently say that this guy will actually get us a win here and there. We're still at this point where every time Smith well, is in net, I feel like we have to score five if you're going to say that of goals. a backup, then then
0: okay. If you're saying we're trading for a backup goalie or we're trading for a starting goalie, I
1: I want a backup goalie. Riddick is my starter. I don't care what anyone says. This this is this is the this is the moment we've been hoping for for how many seasons now. We yeah. want our we mm-hmm. wanted our Holtby. We wanted our. You know, like, these goalies that come in and just start going lights out. We Murray. got him now. He, yeah. We got him now. Like, the, there's no need to try the waters on any new starter unless you can get, like, a Lundqvist or something like that. And You quite, mentioned that. But honestly, like, there's no need. I mean, number one, his contract is crazy. And number two, like, you want you want to ride Riddick. He's young. He's got time. And he's going to... And one more thing. Mike Smith... Nobody knows what he's doing with Riddick, and there is probably a good chance that Riddick's getting a positive influence from Mike Smith throughout every game that he starts. I bet you Mike Smith is his biggest fan on the bench, and I bet you he's helping him mentally and getting him prepared for every game, because Mike Smith still was, I mean not still was, that's, a, that's terrible English, he was a very good goalkeeper. Now he's yeah he's iffy now, but he still knows what it took to be he's experienced a top goalie. Well, he was a top goalie. He was Team Canada's goalie. His at one experience point, right? is extremely valuable to someone yeah. like Riddick. So at that point in time, what do you say? You say okay, I want a backup that's going to be able to win me some games, or do you stick with Smith where you're worried about okay, well I got to score five six goals every time this guy goes in net. But in the playoffs, it doesn't matter because we're not going to ever play him. We're going to play Riddick the whole time. So do you want Smith around for that? Like, our fans got to think about that. This kind of experience, you can't buy it. And you can't trade for it. And I mean, let's let's just, for the sake of argument,
0: I don't think a Brobovsky-Riddick tandem is that kind of bond. It
1: doesn't feel so. No. I, and you already I,
0: have it now. Like, I know I said that a Brobovsky earlier was the kind of guy we should be going for. But at this point, no. Let's not tinker with our goalies. I know people aren't. The most happy with Smith, but there's a lot of people coming out now saying, look, let's take a step back. Let's look at what he brings to the team, and let's evaluate it from that. And it's not all awful. It could be a lot better, but it also could be a lot worse. And the, the uh, intangibles, untangibles, things that you can't record with data, mm-hmm. like his experience with Riddick, his relationship <clears throat> with Riddick, that could be extremely valuable to us in his presence in the dressing room.
1: But Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Anything else on the Washington game?
1: I think in general, we it just felt like we couldn't get things going. Uh, top line was actually doing really well cycling the puck. We just got to shoot a little bit more. Uh, Johnny's goal, uh, not his goal, but his shot, you know, of all the players to do that shot in the slot, it was him. And then it was beautifully deflected by Lindholm. But in general, it just seemed like the guys were. Geo was fighting the puck a lot. I felt like he was not the Geo that we were seeing all season. It's going to r- happen. Rough game back, yeah. A rough landing, yeah. So, but the beauty about Geo is, and I was watching this with a buddy. We both agreed to this point, but Geo adjusts his game based on what he does. So if he's kind of fighting the puck and he's he's he then doesn't carry it. He just gets rid of it right away. He simplifies the game. And that's a guy with a high IQ when he plays hockey. Like there are a lot, lot of defenders that try to do the same thing over and over again because they know, they think that they're good at something, like puck control, like you know, holding it behind the net and maybe like trying to play the boards or whatever. They keep doing the same thing even though it's not working in the game. Whereas Gio is like the guy that's like, you know what? This shit's not working. I'm gonna just be very simple because I don't want to screw my team over. He's a hell of a captain. We're really lucky to have him. Um, But in general, yeah, I mean, the game should have went to overtime. One last point on this game. The refereeing was probably the worst uh, all season in terms of the missed calls. Uh, There was an absolutely blatant hit on Kachuk by uh, Niskanen. Puck was not two, three feet even near them. And this was all because Kachuk... He he was doing his usual agitation after the whistle, and that's fine. I mean, the NHL, every player in the NHL knows that that's his MO. Um, But you know what? Just because the guy's got a bit of a reputation behind him, it doesn't mean that the referee should be closing a blind or putting a blind eye to. Turning a blind eye. Turning a blind eye to that kind of play. Like, dude, it's literally like the puck is basically where my office room is, and I hit you here. Like, it was. Uh, on it's replays, blatant. yeah. On replays, you can't find the puck. And so that's an absolute abomination by the NHL. That's they suspendable then, isn't it? They should have suspended the referee after that game. That referee should not be able to ref a game for five games after that. It is the most blatant thing. And if there's any football fans that listen to this thing, it's no different than that non-call against the Orle- uh, New Orleans Saints. It's the exact same thing. In fact, The puck was farther away than the football was. So, um, just to paint it out for you. Um, So, the refereeing was just fucking garbage. And then, the penalty on Giordano in the last two minutes of the game. That's the reason why it didn't go to overtime. It should have went to overtime. We should have had at least one point from that game. Luckily, our record is fantastic, so we can get away with it. But, Giordano did not make a penalty there. It was a fucking bullshit call, so... Another reason why I think those referees should be suspended for a few games. Give their their head a shake. Make them watch those non-calls and the horrible call. And then just be like, what the fuck were you thinking? That's what I would do. I mean, that'll never happen. They'll never suspend. But they should do that. They should. Because in a game like that, I don't give a shit. Now the referee is bigger than the game. And that's not the way it should be. Right? That's, I mean, that's my take, right? I mean, the referee shouldn't be invincible to making really shit calls or non-calls. As well, yeah, I don't disagree, but I know we'll never see it. But you know, I want to see that. Humor hit, me, we'll watch that
0: after. But I think uh, it's that bad. Maybe I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I probably shouldn't say anything. Bill Peters and the Lions. What did you want to say about that? So,
1: just as a disclaimer, I don't think that you know. I'm not criticizing Peters by any means. I mean, the guy. Look at the team this year. He's a, he's a Jack Adams nominee. You know, there's nothing to really say about this guy. All-star um, coach. All-star if that coach that means anything. I mean, it's just recognition at that point, right? It's like everyone recognizes you're doing a good job. He could have won a million bucks. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. Does he get
0: Does he get part of that million or no? Probably. I don't not know how really. it
1: works for the coaches. Um, he
0: probably has to give it to Johnny or something like that. Right. By the way, just as a side note. The worst decision to invite that plug Dreisaitl, and he won the vote. It was way better when we had like the guy. Who was that guy? The goon.
1: That oh, could, John Scott. John
0: Scott. Way better when John Scott was there. Way better. And then oh, fan vote got sidle. He added absolutely nothing to this event. Yeah. Nothing. John Scott made that all-star game. When he had the chances and the shots and was in the skill competition, I think he was in the hardest shots. Settle's presence there was, was
1: nothing. It was absolutely useless. John Scott, way to go. Anyhow. Yeah, so my only complaint about Peters, and again, it's, it's I'm kind of digging, I guess, but maybe not really, is that he's very punitive whenever players make mistakes. But obviously, he's going to be biased. You're, if Johnny makes a mistake that's similar to like what maybe a Shillington could do or what even like a Alan Quine did, right? If Johnny does the same play, he's not going to get benched. We all know that. He's our star, of course. Like, there's no complaints there. But I think it's gained to a point where I feel like the punitive uh, backlash, whenever a player kind of makes a turnover or whatever, I mean, he's figured out a science behind it because whatever he's doing, it just gets these players more motivated to play. Like, it just seems like, you know, Frolik, Frolik. Came back, you know, he's been scratched twice this season. Sorry, well, two different, you know, segments of scratches, right? So he was scratched one time, came back from Boston, scored a couple. Then he was scratched again a few games later, whatever. Came back, did well. And now he's all right. But, you know, did Frolic do something really uh, obvious to all of us when we watched him play that was that bad that he warranted to be benched? I don't really think so. Do you you recall anything? I mean, other than maybe not playing to to support
0: your argument, I can't see anything that Frolik has done worse than James Neal. Right. Okay. And Frolik has actually responded in a more active sense than James Neal has to the absolutely.
1: James Neal looks like the Tony Almonte trade that we did years ago.
0: Well, Tony Almonte was good for like a quarter of a season.
1: I. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but it's like... Tony Amante was a free agent signing, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, you're right. I think so. Um, and so was Neil, I guess. Uh, but now I, I'm looking at Shillington. So I've become a pretty big Shillington fan. I really like his game. I think he's going to be something really good for us. I, you know, his offensive abilities is that are actually standout amongst all our defenders. Like, he's very fast, very good with the puck. He's got a good shot. And he just bombs down. He'll make those plays, right? He was doing what Brody did years ago when we were just, like, totally gung-ho about Brody. Um, But it seems like this guy has quite a short leash because he makes one mistake in a game. I swear, he only gets maybe 10 minutes for the rest of the game. And then I see guys like, you know, Neil. And in, in fairness, you know, he's been benched in some games before, but, and he's played only maybe seven, eight minutes. And but I there's know, been no response. No, but there's no, been no response, exactly. And at some point, as a coach, what do you say to a player like that who's not responding to you bent? Like, what are you going to say? I'm going to scratch you. Okay, he tried that. And James Neal still the shitty James Neal that we're, I mean, the NHL's not used to seeing. This guy's a good history, but for whatever reason, this year sucks. And um, I, I'm just I'd love to get into the minds of Bill Peters and understand why he does what he does because I think Shillington gets screwed sometimes. I think Alan Klein got screwed big time. That was his only bad play, I think, in his stint with us. And he was he had more points per game in his what, six games than James Neal. He had I like the guy if he played ten more games, I promise you he's gonna have more points than James Neal. So it it really is. So so the point here is the management of the squad or the roster. Yeah, like I just think that we got we've done a good job of getting rid of this bias of like the the senior player, like you know the stagens and stuff. They kept playing and all that. Like well, we, staging's gone. No, I know, but okay. But what I'm saying James is, James Neal is
0: perhaps the senior player now, and he's still playing.
1: No, but he's been benched. He's been scratched. Like we're has trying. he been scratched? Yeah, he's been scratched once, okay. and it was earlier in the season, but. You know we're doing a good job of getting rid of this like you know older player bias, but I just don't want guys like Quine, for example, who actually were doing a really good job, and all of a sudden he just fucking like that's it. You know one turnover, buddy, and that's it. That's it for you. But why? Like he was doing really well points wise. He he was scoring goals. He was setting things up. He kept pl- pucks deep. He was winning board battles. Like there's certain uh, like I'm nitpicking because there's really nothing wrong that he's doing outside of this. Right? Bill Peters has done a very good job and yeah, um, yeah. I, the guy, I don't know i don't know what, what you think what's
0: your what's your point here exactly <laughs> well have you been listening? yeah, I've been listening and I've been trying to figure out just that he's not he's managing the squad in an imbalanced way
1: yeah i think I think if we're going to get rid of this bias about how These players have been in the league for 10 years. Like, why does Alan Quine... Let me ask you this. Do you think Alan Quine deserves to get sent back down after that turnover? Well,
0: there's also some things we don't know.
1: Okay, but just purely from the face value. Because that's all we know. But I don't know who else goes down. And do you think Shillington should ever have been benched for some of those games that he was, you know, maybe iffy? When Brody has had his fair share of games that were very poor. Yeah, I don't deny that at all. But... (laughs) That's my point. Is that we still have this tendency to just keep healthy scratching
0: Michael Stone for a while for a significant amount of time. Yeah,
1: but now he's he's got blood clots, man. What are you gonna do, right?
0: I'm saying when he was healthy, in theory, maybe he wasn't healthy. But when he was, he was a healthy scratch.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just think that like. You still got to reward players for their performance. We've been doing that maybe by they and large. Just, but maybe
0: they just know that Quine has no more ceiling, and that's the absolute best you've got, and that was... Yeah, but it's one turnover.
1: Like, it's one I turnover. get what you're
0: saying. It was a, it's, it's a raw deal. It's rough justice, right?
1: But I, I just I feel bad for the guy because he, he was actually doing really well, and there was no reason to... Four points in nine games. Well, right?
0: keep an yeah. eye on it. I mean, it's still his first year with the team. He's feeling things out, deciding which players he likes, where, and sure. who he can rely on, and things <laughs> like that. So
1: he's got thirty-seven points in the A in twenty-nine games. Like he's not doing poorly. So I that's mean, it. that's it. Thirty-seven points in twenty-nine games is yeah. nothing to shake your finger at. Anyway, I'm digging deep, like I said at the beginning of this. So I, but uh, all in all, Bill Peters is an A plus right now. Like I have no complaints. Like it just, you know. we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens if there's yeah. any.
0: And I mean, I think perhaps the biggest, the biggest conundrum facing Peters and his coaching staff right now is one, getting Neil going, and two, getting Smith going. And I don't think any of the moves he makes in the roster are related to that, but perhaps he's just spending time and effort elsewhere you know. than, than just cycling through fourth liners. Who knows? Any comments on the All-Star game other than Johnny's amazing run at that multi-skill testing thing? I mean, I, did you watch it? I watched the skills contest and the, the actual game itself. I it's just find so, so mundane. I don't like that. It's so format, it's so contrived. Have. It's, yeah. it's just bad. And then there's, I just don't like how, you know, one player is really trying and the rest are kind of like, uh, eh, whatever. It just, I can't watch that. I can't, but you know what I did like was that, that, that girl skater, I don't know her name. But the female skater who they had do the fastest skater competition, she, she beat it, one of the NHL players. Yeah, she was, she was it. really good.
1: And it's not like, fair that one NHL guy fell, and then they let him do a review. Yeah, that, no, that that's, was bullshit. That, was that is bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. yeah,
0: too bad. And what is who the hell did Dallas send? What a joke! <laughs> like what an absolute joke. You know, it just goes to show what this All Star Game. I hadn't even heard of the guy. Like. I don't even know his name, but what a joke. Like, what an absolute. There's no Ben, no Sagan, no Klingberg. Some fucking plug from Dallas they pulled up from their farm team. Absolute joke. And then we couldn't bring up Monahan. Yeah, also, like, joke that Monahan, Kachuk, Gio, and you got Clayton Keller skating around out there. They're all drunk on the ice, too. You see the interview from Pasternak. I've been drinking on the ice. He's, he's like they all got these Gatorade cups and they're holding it like a drink. You don't you, no one holds a water like that. Yes. But when it's a, when it's a half rum half coke, yeah, you, you, that's how you what hold it. Total frat party on the ice. It is. That's exactly what it is. They're they're just wasted, right? They're just drinking. But the actual game itself, I can't stomach. The skills contest is okay. It's kind of cool to watch. I like how they mixed it up and added they really promote the the female game, I mean, that was great. She just, she killed it. And she's on the
1: Inferno, I think. The, the Calgary team. Yeah, I mean, this, well, she was, like, wow. She she was, Damn I was impressed skater. as hell. Yeah. And uh, She outskated an NHL player. Good for her. Well, there you go. You know what? Imagine if you put her against James Neal. It's not even close. James Neal is so fucking slow. Have you noticed that? He is slow. And, like... I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it's his age. I don't know. But he his legs don't move. No. It's like, like even he, when yeah, he's that's trying. That's why to he's sprint. gliding half the time, right? He yeah. doesn't want
0: anyone to let him know how like, slow he actually there? is.
1: Anyway, but yeah, just to show you, if you work hard, train hard, you can. I mean, human beings are capable of doing some pretty crazy things as long as you put the dedication in. But yeah, like, I was you know, super if you're at Dallas and you're
0: dedicated to sending a nobody to the All Star
1: game and get away with it, go ahead. And you know what? When they showed the replay of her skating around, you see her facial expression. Like, she's just fucking giving it. Like, I knew that she was going to beat at least, like, a couple of them. Like, I was just watching. But they're all trying too, right? They they were totally trying. It's not like they let up on her. The only time they
0: stop trying in the skills
1: is when they know they've lost. That's it, yeah. But, I mean, in the skating, everyone tried very hard. And I was like, she's going to beat some guys here. No problem. Good for her. Indeed, very good for her. Um, but, but yeah, to be honest, like I didn't really watch it outside of you just you watching. You didn't miss much. Well, I was just watching Johnny's stuff, right? I I knew he's gonna do that puck control one. He's the, really damn he's, good at he's that. He's so fun to watch, and then he's really damn good. I just watched. The, I just love the that he beat Kane. Yeah, that was good.
0: Cause I hate Kane, and now it's now it's 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 for sure Johnny is a better player than Kane, and I hope he will be, and I hope we can measure that in cups, but. He, he, Skill-wise, he's ski, much better oh. right now.
1: Real good. Real nice. And I had an Oilers friend laugh at a buddy of mine when he said, I think Johnny's going to be another Patrick Kane. And our Oilers buddy, this was at was work. This, this was a while ago, right? This is a long time ago when we first basically started Call We called him up to that Vancouver game, that one game. And then uh, we saw a skill, and then he was saying before the season started the next season – he was like, "This guy's gonna be like Patrick Kane. Just watch." And then the Oilers fan just like laughed at him. Well, you know what? Like he's exactly that kind of style of player, and he's better than Patrick Kane. Yep. Um, so, but more rounded game. Cups, cups wise, he'll be. Yeah, he's elevates, been amazing on defense. He elevates hey?
0: the players around him. Yep. And really good, really good. Like bravo, Johnny, bravo. Do you have any comment on the Edmonton game? By the way.
1: Uh no Woo-hoo, we I, won. i you know what i just i expected it it's these guys aren't even rivals anymore so it's it's easy now they're still rivals it's just fun to beat them yeah they're rivals but i mean they're they, just they're they're a fucking joke they look at us with right? envy they look at us with
0: envy and it's just fun to see that one oilers fan who's actually got it screwed on right who writes an articulate thing in a comment section once is like yeah. the oilers are you know i'm a blah 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 but the flames have done it right and the oilers have really done it wrong
1: and that's really wrong what's what's become a decent pastime for me this year has been uh you know i'll have like a tea before i go to bed or something and then i'll kind of cuddle up my laptop <laughs> on my bed and i'll be reading like oilers nation's comments. Just in the warmth of my bed, all comfortable, ready to sleep, and just have a good laugh. You lost me at cuddle up with your laptop on your bed. Oh yeah. Well, whatever. That's what I do. <laughs> and I read Oilers' comments and it's just it's it's heavenly. I just but you know what? In in fairness to them, there's there on Oilers Nation particularly, I don't read any other blog from the Oilers and honestly I don't read too much about them, but uh I'd say about fifty fifty their comments are like, you know, they they almost defend the flames like with other guys that say stupid shit about the flames they're like you know what they're they're fucking killing it so we have no right to say anything and there's a bunch of those fans like and you know even our buddy right chris like he he's the same thing he's like yeah you guys are killing it right but chris is more he's just i think he's he's realistic he looks at things and wants canadian teams to do well yeah and that's and, a rarity now you know
0: it's 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 been since 93 since the canadian team won the cup right I think as a nation, it, it would do a lot for us if a Canadian team won the Cup. It won't be Edmonton, but hopefully... It'd be amazing if for this yeah. city, too. It would be amazing if it was us in Toronto in the final. Or Montreal yeah. or something like that. Rematch of 88, I, I'd take that.
1: I'd take that all day. Yeah.
0: By 88, I mean 89. I know what you meant. Yeah. I was thinking of the Olympics there for a second.
1: I'm glad you corrected it all. Yeah, I was like, wait,
0: wait, it was 89. <laughs> Doug Gilmore, game winner. Big two years old then. Rocking my flames, Bib. (laughs) Ah, upcoming uh, big one against San Jose. But uh, before that, we've got Carolina tomorrow. I think we should be in pretty good shape for that one. They're a good team, though. Yeah, they're a good team, but they're also on a bit of a downward spiral, and it looks like Furland and Hamilton could be on the trading block there, which is very embarrassing considering what they traded away for that. I mean, that's shocking.
1: But to correct you, Carolina is actually six three and one in the last ten. I think they had a bit of a slump before the last ten games. I know, I know what you're talking about. They there was a while there they were just they couldn't buy a win. Yeah, and then ever since they started doing like those celebrations after the game and all that stuff, and I personally like it, but I think they've been doing pretty good. Well, um, let's
0: make sure there's no bowling pins into the net come Sunday. Afternoon. So they are
1: they are three points behind the last wild card spot. Uh, so okay, yeah, so like, it's
0: a tougher game than I originally hoped. Thanks, Jank.
1: Well, it, Jesus. I'm trying to be. Yeah, you know, people <laughs> tune into this to learn maybe something, like maybe learn about how poor my grammar is, or like how fucking stupid we are. But we got to give them like a little something here, okay? carolina's going to be a good game, and it's going to be hard. You think we'll do it? Yeah, I think so. We we have to bounce back after the last game, and Let's we'll have Riddick in net probably. Yeah, we will for sure. Yeah. Um so, uh, and then... Then we bounce home for two, San Jose and Vancouver. Big games. We're home especially for... Especially San Jose. Yeah, we're home for San Jose. Uh, we're away for Vancouver. It'd Be nice to get a win to
0: move into those because that San Jose game, again, to increase that cushion we have, I think that's coming into the home stretch of the season, you know, rounding second as we are right now in the timeline. Uh, the more points, the merrier, obviously, but especially to pad that cushion between us and San Jose. Vegas is kind of
1: yeah going to no. steady
0: into third there. Yeah, they, I don't think anyone else will catch them. I mean, yeah. Anaheim got absolutely wrecked today. They're in a serious downward <laughs> spiral. 9-3. I'm so happy to see that. Oh, I hate that team. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And they, they, they thought that young defensive core was so good, and they're just shit. Well, they're not shit, but they're not they're not like they might
1: need another season or two, right? I mean yeah,
0: I don't think they're gonna need a season or two. I just don't think they're as good as everyone thought. You just hear the when you watch the away feeds and you hear those stupid Anaheim commentators talking about this young decor, and then they just <laughs> show up the way they do, fine, yeah, you got some big problems there, and like Gelaff Perry Kessler, <laughs> no spring chickens anymore, as we'd say, but uh
1: yeah. I find it weird though. Like in this schedule, we're already in Carolina. Why are we going back mm-hmm. to play the Sharks at home, and then we play Vancouver? Away, I found that weird too. And then we go all the way back to Tampa and play Florida as well. And it's like, why didn't I you don't just know. make the Lightning the game after the Hurricanes, the Panthers the game after? Make it like a was a four game away. Like someone's the, having a concert
0: or a music festival. Yeah, that's got to be like it because that. that sucks, man. Scheduling like, right. That sucks. Fly going back, back and then fly back out. Yeah, back. It, it's awful. But yikes! Yeah.
1: Any real comment on those four games? I think the, as you said, the Sharks game is probably the most important. Um, the Vancouver I think the Tampa game is game's pretty, important too. Yeah, for just sure. To show
0: our level again.
1: For sure, it would be good to have a win against those guys. Uh, but yeah, like I, I don't know. The, it's going to be interesting to see how we bode against Tampa away. Like, I thought we did really well with them in our home game. We just dropped off in that third period. They gave easy chances and they capitalized. Yeah, like, it wasn't, and, you know, those goals against weren't typical us. It was very, it was a weird game, right? Like, it's almost like we just stopped playing. I mean, the fact that we were down 4-3 or 5-4
0: and then scored with the five minutes left in the third to tie it up and then lost in overtime. Yeah. You know, we were looking down the barrel of nine, eight minutes left in the third against the best team in the league, and we still got a goal. Yeah. A lot of positives from that game, but if
1: we just had played a little tighter, yeah, I know. Like it just—it was our game to win. It just—it it was too bad.
0: I just hope we really make a statement with those two games in particular, San Jose and Tampa Bay, uh, and nicely supplement that with the Canucks and Florida games. But I mean, two key games being the San Jose and Tampa game for me.
1: I think I can see us getting about six points in the next four games. I, you know, I, I think four. It's, well, we have Carolina tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. So against the Hurricanes, Sharks, Canucks, Lightning, I think we can get six out of eight in that schedule. I, I, I feel that way because I think I think we can beat the Hurricanes. I think we get extra pumped up when we're at home, and then we're playing the Sharks, and that's like a must win. Um, the Canucks game, I feel like that's gonna go to OT, and I think we can beat the Lightning. So we'll see. Uh but maybe, I hope you're right. Or we're losing to the Canucks, I guess, if I'm saying six. <sighs> Anyhow.
0: I again I hope the, the biggest thing is just start putting together consistent two three wins overtime loss, two three wins loss yeah. type deal. Not not two losses in a row. It's important that we don't get a losing streak going rather than a winning streak or we gotta keep points. We points is what's important now. And get those points, and, and
1: we got to give Riddick basically 80 to 90 percent of these games. I don't think we will. I on. think it's going to be pretty
0: close to 50 50 from here on out.
1: I, I hope not. I hope you're wrong. He needs to play the rest. Well, of those the games. fact
0: that we did not start Riddick after that long break says a lot to me. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. Well, if you if that, if, if that guy is your bona fide number one starter, he's starting that game, you right? That's be, the first right. game back. He's got lots of he didn't start it. And it's it's a tougher contest than the Carolina game. You probably want your better guy playing against Washington, especially with Ovechkin. You start that with a win. Yeah, but Ovechkin was, he was suspended. I know. Espe- I meant to say especially with the Ovechkin suspension. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I don't know. What was up with that, or if we're reading too much into it? But I think it'll be pretty much fifty. Well, it's 50 part of that. It's part out.
1: of that Smith bias, right? So we are reading too much into it. We, it might be just like Riddick wasn't ready for that game. It could he's have been not, as simple. He's as not going to
0: get eighty percent. It's going to be cl- like close to the fifty mark. I think. I hope not. We'll see. We can keep track of it. Yeah, we, we should will for do sure. that. What, we, what game is it now? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look into <laughs> well, that. We're and playing, see How well, many games left? It's our fifty-third game. Okay, so there's against Carolina. twenty-nine games left. Yeah, oh, thirty games left.
1: 30 games left. So, so we played 52. There's 30 left, okay? So we've got to play what 26. Perfect math.
0: I can tell you they'll probably get 15 and 15 each or 16 14. It'll be close. All right, we'll keep track. But I'd like to see more Riddick, too. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that's what it is. Oh,
1: I know. Be. I know you do. I just I'm just kind of tired of, you know, we just got to give him that number one feel. You know, he I, is our number I, one. I rate so. I just just that we're talking about this
0: it raises a lot of questions about why Smith started.
1: I know we can probably know. speak about it for like hours now. It'll but be an interesting month. That's for sure with the trade deadline i still don't th- i d- I still don't see the logic in playing him to sell him like it, that doesn't make any sense to me, so I don't think it's that
0: I mean I, yeah,
1: we'll it's see. not like the only time that that would ever be applicable would be if if a player came off a pretty big injury, right, and the team wants to deal with this player. And he had like a like a four month injury or something like that. And then he comes back and he's showcasing the skill. Like the GM's like play this guy because I really want to get rid of him and I think he can fetch some value still. Scores a couple goals in three games or something like that. Then I can see some like that working. But for a guy that's been playing all season, you know nothing's going to change between now and the rest of the season. Un- very unlikely, right? So I-, I still don't I don't agree with the logic. So I don't know why he played. Maybe, maybe Riddick was sick, man. I don't know. It could have been something as simple so. as that. I don't know. All
0: right, let's leave it and let's let's talk one more thing before we call it a night here. Deadline deals. I know we talked about this a bit last time, but
1: I I don't see us doing anything. Okay, you I'm, don't see us do anything. Do you? If you were the GM, would you do anything? If I could get, if I could get, if if Smith is not such a effective guy when it comes to helping riddick out in terms of just being there for him if i can get a backup that can come in and just win me you know 50 percent of his games i'd go for it uh would i go for scores sure but i just don't think there's anyone out there stone duchene panarin i know but we probably have to give up a lot and i'm not i'm not willing to give up a lot i it might be Sure, it is our window, but our team is still pretty young. Like, do you really want to mortgage that? Do you, if, if you truly believe that you can get like a Panarin, then and it's worth not, a phone call, is it not? It's worth a phone call. Is but it worth a the first
0: round pick and something else, a chip prospect?
1: But put your shoes in the other GM, uh, put your. <laughs> Where are the shoes of the other GM? What are, like, you, what are you taking for that guy, right? Right. first-rounder, second-rounder? You're, you're not leaving that trade without at least a Kachuk or like a...
0: No, 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 no. no, Nothing yeah. like that. Panarin is a rental, right? Totally. But the GM
1: that's dealing Panarin is going to be like, yeah, give me some assets.
0: Like, a first-round like, pick and a, and, a, and a prospect and something else, a second-rounder.
1: You, you wouldn't do that. I
0: mean, it's a rental player still at the end of the day. I know, but... If what you- did Toronto give up for Muzzin?
1: That's a good question. First
0: round pick, wasn't it?
1: Okay, but we're Muzzin-Panarin. Yeah, there's like, a big
0: difference, yeah. I know, but it's, the, the price seems...
1: Okay, but if
0: you... this price seems pretty steep then.
1: Yeah, but if you, that's And true. there was an
0: article where I read that said it's a buyer's market. I'm like, how is it a buyer's market it's if not, you're getting Muzzin for a first round pick?
1: If I'm if I'm GM and someone's trying to get Panarin off of me, I am I am going to pillage them as much as I can.
0: You know what's funny about the Toronto thing too is that they're playing this guy in the top line and they had to move Riley over to the other side cuz he cannot play on the other side. <laughs> and being a Flames fan, obviously we've seen what that does to players, right? When they're playing on a the side they're oh, uncomfortable absolutely. with. Absolutely. So maybe the wheels and the GM that that miracle GM that Toronto has is starting. And I did a little handshake there, just in case you were wondering, like a little magic shimmy that Toronto has. That guy.
1: Ticka, ticka, ticka. I I I kind of want him to succeed, though. I I I, I don't. like it's I Toronto. like the idea. I know, but
0: it's he Toronto. He looks like a doofus, man. Those fucking glasses.
1: So what, man? What What does that have to do with anything? <sighs> he's just. He's just. He's just. No, like, I want him to. Well, I I want to see. Guys in their mid 30s do well as GMs of the, in the NHL. I'd like to see a new wave of like younger GMs because all these guys. Treloving was pretty young. Treloving's good, and, and he's young, for relatively speaking, with the other GMs out there, sure. I'm just. It's time to get rid of some of these fucking fossils, man. Like it, you know, I'd like to see younger GMs because and then we I had think Brian it'll get a little Burke, bit more exciting know? when he's it comes to young. trading. Who? Brian Burke. He's oh, pretty fuck young. How is he ever? Cutting edge? Yep. He is cutting edge. He's a disruptor. Old time. Rock'em, sock'em, um, What hockey. about you? Like, What, what are you going to do? If it was me and
0: I'm the GM, I'm going for it. I'm going for a Mark Stone or Matt Duchesne.
1: What Am are you I willing got? to give up for that? Oh,
0: first rounder for sure. And a Mangiapane. Possibly if they take that. I don't know. Finagle Ottawa into taking one of those guys. Quine. They can have Quine.
1: Okay. I guess. We don't really
0: have anything else to offer. I
1: know, but they're going to ask for what you don't want to give up. Oh,
0: you mean like a Valimaki? Valimaki? Sure, Valimaki. Like a Kachuk. Shillington. Like a and no, Kachuk it,
1: is Kachuk. I, I Kachuk know, is but
0: a, Kachuk for Duchesne itself is a bad trade for us.
1: Absolutely, but that's what those GMs are going to ask. Well, then tell they them fuck off. Like, I know, but they know what position we're in too. This is that whole th- it's a bit of game theory. But we're though. also they, in they a position where,
0: we're like, okay, well then you can get the crappy picks from Pittsburgh then, because yeah, but you it's know not they're like gonna.
1: Our, f- our first rounder is going to be great. <laughs> None, none of the
0: first-rounders of the teams that are in the playoffs are great. I know, but we're number but two in the But you're wanting to load
1: up on picks, right? Yeah, but we're number two in the league. Our, our it first doesn't round matter about sucks.
0: position. It matters about the time you exit the playoffs. I, I
1: guess, but our, our chances of making it far in the playoffs right now statistically is high. So there's that okay. too. Okay,
0: I'm willing to give up a first-round pick, possibly a second or third-round pick, and a prospect that's not any of those D guys. <laughs> I would try to do that.
1: And you would if you were the other GM. And you I'm would going for the top guy that. on the market. Yeah. You would honestly yeah. consider No, that.
0: I wouldn't, but I'd try. <laughs> if I was the other GM, I'm fielding calls to see what other douchebag is gonna give me more, right? Do you think that supply and demand? Yeah,
1: I agreed. Do you think that Nylander will get dealt? No.
0: Who's gonna take that garbage contract? Carolina? The team that's rebuilding? I'm not rebuilding around Nylander, that's for sure. I'm what I've seen see from that is happens. the guy's attitude is really bad.
1: Yeah, like that whole holding out thing probably didn't bode
0: well with any GM. And and just like, you you know, if you learned anything from that, it's that hockey teams and hockey players lie a lot. (laughs) They lie a lot because they say he's going to slot right into this team, and they probably knew damn well he's not going to. And then they're saying, I'm match ready. I've never seen this guy play better in Div 2 Swedish hockey than ever before. Great, man. You play Div 2 Swedish hockey. Put a pair of skates on me and Nylander on the back of my shirt and I'll be amazing there too, right? But, you know, the, the fact that they can, they can just bald-faced say that to you and think you'll take it seriously, they lie to you all the time. That's just, it's just a straight-up lie. And if you watch any kind of sports, how much does your team lie to you? Hockey has notorious about lying about injuries. Notorious. It's a UBI. It's an LBI. That's it. That's all you get to know. And occasionally, you find out that guy's got a concussion. You don't know anything else about the, the player's type of injury, especially lower body. You almost never know about that. You might hear knee or groin if it's long term or if someone like, uh, who is that Minnesota player? Doomba needs surgery. You know what that is. But they, they keep it under wraps. And by that, they're omitting information. They're lying to you. They don't, they don't let you know. Same thing with these deals. They're, they're, no one is ever going to tell the media what they really have. But uh, I remember a couple, I think it was a week ago, Brian Burke says, I try to talk to every GM in the league every 10 days. What's really going to change 10 days? And how do you have time to do that in your job? Talk to every single GM every 10 days to have
1: like well, a that serious. Is, that is his job though. Well,
0: a serious like organization combing conversation with all 31 other teams
1: i, mean, but I that's just don't job, take man. that
0: very seriously Like, right? it's just oh hey how are you doing oh i'm good man what are you all in a whatsapp group together well i mean <laughs> hashtag
1: panarin who's in <laughs> i i mean from my past working experience like i had to do similar things where i had to have daily conversations with like other traders basically like i don't i don't see that being far-fetched
0: okay i take it back
1: but, but no, but to your point, I do agree that there's a ton of dishonesty. I, I just feel like sure. I just feel if he had his his hand on the trigger that close,
0: then we could have made better deals.
1: It's it's anchoring, right? So he's basically saying he's lying to benefit his negotiation with another GM. He's saying something like, "Oh, well, he's actually not that injured," and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, some GM's calling him because he had this conversation with him two weeks ago, saying like, "Hey." You told me it was fucking serious, yeah. Right? I mean, like oh, I can see that. Think like,
0: about think about draft day, and think about the amount of trades that happen in draft day. How many of those trades are premeditated? To how many just happen on the fly and have to happen quickly because the draft is moving up? Right. Yeah. That's where you can you got to be sharp, because if you make a mistake there and you get you get fleeced, it's catastrophic. And like this Carolina deal, especially with Hamilton and Furland looking like they're you know, available for trade, those guys got fleeced. Like, they got fleeced. And how
1: long has it been since we've con- oh, honestly it feels say great. that we've won a trade? I, I
0: mean, Carolina, I could care less about fleecing. I wish it was Toronto of all teams. But uh, No, we're, we're not allowed to trade with It them. feels good to have, like, a trade like that. And you know what? No one is saying that Calgary absolutely rocked this deal. No one is saying that.
1: Uh, I haven't really. Yeah, Eastern you're right. Media I haven't heard. Bio, you no, no one's like it's. It's okay. It's
0: obvious. Yeah, it's it, obvious. It's, it's just absolutely hit one out of the water. I, I, that that phrase makes no sense. But you hit one out of the park here. <laughs> no one is saying that. No one is saying that. It's it's this trade is, is signed, sealed, and delivered. A win for Calgary in the massive victory column. Like it's 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 a nine-three smashing of the Ducks. That kind of win. But I digress. I mean, I I I feel like this is our chance. You know, we get a top second line center like a Duchesne or a top right winger, a stone play right wing. And I mean, that second line, wow. You got two lines like that coming at you. Uh, will it offset our chemistry? I don't know. I'd be happy both ways. But I'm not happy with like a, a, a usual Flames deal where we take a really crappy rental player. If we're going to mess with our chemistry, go big or go home. Make it big or do nothing because this team is playing great as it is. Make a huge splash. Make a statement. This is our year. Or say, I believe in the squad. I think, I think the fans, the media, everyone in the city would get on board with either opinion. But the worst is the middle ground. Getting that kind of Chris Stewart guy. Let's avoid that. Let's really avoid that. Because yeah, we've, we've do got that enough again. players like that right now. Yeah. We've got a James Neal who needs to produce and we've got Derek Ryan who's really
1: started to shine as our third line guy. Like, and I don't want to hear any more of this. Like if James Neal scores a couple goals, like he has had a couple times this season where he had scored a couple goals and he never got it going after that. So yeah. that, that excuse is done. It's finished. If anyone says that near me, I'm punching them in the face because it's just, this guy, he just needs a new environment. And if we can't trade him, I would. But no one's well, gonna give anything back. I like, think when nothing we nothing uh, proper
0: when we get to the point of the night where there's threats of violence, that means we're we're done.
1: I'm okay. I'm. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jake's yeah, kidding. I'm, but he will. I'm kidding. If you say I that will. in front, I'd <laughs> I'd punch you in the face too. Yeah. I just you can't. Don't tell me that shit anymore. And I'm. I know we're gonna hear it from the Sportsnet guys. And I know there's that stuff about mm, they always say it. There's the. It must have been the
0: absolutely slowest news week for TSN and stuff like that, because it was just like, what do the Flames need? Oh, they need depth scoring. I'm like, what team doesn't need depth scoring? You tell me one. (laughs) Tell me one that doesn't need depth scoring. Yeah, everyone wants uh, Nathan McKinnon playing on their fourth line. That's great. Yeah. Even Tampa Bay's depth scoring. Sure, they could score more goals. They score enough goals, but actually, they could score more. It's
1: ironic because we actually have the most depth when it comes to stats because we uh, had five players scoring I, over fifty. I,
0: I, I mean, I know we pointed out that steep drop off between our guys, but our top guys are doing so well that right. that steep drop off isn't isn't so much of a surprise. Like they're, our our lower end guys are getting it done, getting okay. it done enough that we don't need to give up assets or really rock the boat to get a a depth scorer in and I don't think any depth score that we're going to acquire is better than what we've got.
1: I wish we could just do a straight swap, straight swap James Neal for like Brandon sod or something. like that. <laughs> I'd be fucking all over that. It's too bad though. Too bad we can't because yeah.
0: James Neal is our ball and chain contract for the foreseeable future. But
1: anything else? <laughs> oh, no, I'm good.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Flames FanCast at Twitter. If you need to contact us, let us know any questions you've got. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. Enjoy a huge sports day, what what it'll be probably. Uh, Stay warm because it's bloody freezing outside. But other than that, (laughs) there's no tauntauns to rest in.
1: I'm on the outside. outside.
0: Ah, ah, ah. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye.